Welcome to Voices from the Bench, a dental laboratory podcast. Send us an email at info at voicesfromthebench.com or look for us on Facebook at Voices from the Bench. Greetings and welcome to episode 181 of Voices from the Bench. My name is Elvis. And I'm your partner, Barbara. Changing it up. Partner Barbara, how are you? <laughs> Fantastic. The worst day of my life, but hey, it's over. <laughs> okay. The worst day of your life. How? I mean, what? Oh, my dogs. Hi, guys. See, they're even noticed a day for Barbara. Yeah. Well, all the ceramics out there. I broke a roundhouse in four pieces, dropped it on the floor. Yay. What kind of floor did you drop it on? I mean, what do you have at the lab? Is it concrete or? Yeah, well, I have a mat, but it hit the end of the mat and went bang. Mm. Yep. Let's hear the inner thoughts of Barbara as soon as you dropped it. What were you thinking? Mother (laughs) And then I put my head down on my bench and almost cried because this is the fourth time I've done this case. The doctor didn't prep it. I had to do it. It didn't fit. Then we had to make telescopic copings. And then they remilled the original bridge. And then I had to rescan it and do it again. And finally, I got a case that fit perfectly and I freaking dropped it. So, yeah, not a good day. That's all right. I moved on. I remember those cases that no matter what you did, (sighs) no matter how many times, it was never right. Yep. Yeah, I had Sharon call. I said, I can't even call. I walked over. I said, I, I, I'm sorry, but please call this doctor and tell him it's not going. When was it due? Tomorrow morning? No, it was due this afternoon. Oh, ouch. Yeah, yeah. and uh, the patient's husband called and screamed at the uh, office. And so of it was course. just worst case scenario. Yeah. I'm going to have a martini tonight because tomorrow's my birthday and my parents are taking me out to dinner. And so I decided at 1030, I was going to have a martini after I dropped it. So it'll all be good in a couple hours. You know what? Have to. Have to. You deserve (laughs) it. I can't handle two, but one's good. Okay. I was going to recommend four since there's four pieces, but maybe not. (laughs) I can't do that anymore. All right. So what's going on? Are you guys busy at the lab now? Yes, we are always busy. Did you have any bit of an August slowdown? I've talked to a few labs. It seems like August slowed down a little bit. My immediate area, the Highly Cosmetics, we slowed down a little bit, yeah. But we yeah. were about a couple percentage lower than the previous month was super slow. So it was busier than the previous month, but Interesting. not as busy as it could have been. So you know how yeah. that Yeah, but it looks like everyone's gearing up for a busy fall into the winter. I'm ready. Yeah. Bring it on, I say. Yeah. Yeah, just don't be dropping everything. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> but speaking of this fall, we have a busy few months here coming up for the podcast. I know. Yeah. So the first one, I'm going to be at the Eastern Conference of Dental Laboratories, or what they like to call the ECDL, in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, September 24th to the 25th. So not only will I be at the pre booth, I will also have the recording gear set up, and if you can believe this... They asked for me to be on stage talking about marketing your lab with no budget. Wow. Yeah, can you believe that? So you're going to be recording again without me. That's basically what it boils down to. Well, you said you couldn't make it, so. All right. My presentation on stage, you know, because I do everything so very seriously, (laughs) 
I promise you the presentation will not be funny at all. It's going to be very boring. strict and boring. Yes, I promise you. Well, good luck. The cool thing is that at the ECDL, there's a few past podcast guests speaking at the show. Chris Love's going to be there, Peter Peasy, Daniel Alter, and of course, me. <laughs> so if you're going to be on the East Coast or you're willing just to travel and you want to go to a dental meeting, come on over to the ECDL in September and come to the Preet booth and be on the podcast. Head over to eastern-conference.com to see the lineup and to register. And at the end of October, the 29th and 30th, both of us, finally joined by Barbara, of course, will be at the Preeth booth again, recording all weekend at the Whip Mix Digital Forum, and that's in Louisville, Kentucky. Hopefully I said that correctly. Louisville? Louisville? <laughs> Elvis did this show two years ago, and it was super fantastic. And this year, Whitmix made it even bigger and better. It's looking like a super great lineup and great evening with live music. And, of course, this show is filled with more podcast guests. Lee Cole, Jill Swafford, Bennett Napier, Al Falastri, Mark Williamson, Tay Harvey, and Chelsea Phillips. Wow. So head yeah. over to whipmix.com forward slash events to check out the great lineup and to register. Yeah, that's going to be a great show. Really. And I'll tell you what. Sounds awesome. Can't wait. Yeah. Get me out of town. Yeah. And somewhere in there, there's a lab day east, but nothing's confirmed with myself or the podcast being there. But we're working on it. Cool. Do you want to go to lab day east? Sure. All right. So way to this get week again there, partner. What's that? Dork. Keep going. What'd you say? I said nothing. <laughs> I'm not going to leave that part in. <laughs> there we go. Why are you busting my balls today? I don't know. It's been a bad day. Yeah. So don't take it out on me. <laughs> All right. So this week we talked to Holly Stevenson from the Dental Lifeline Network. Every day, all of us change the lives of millions of people. Every day. From changing smiles to restoring oral function or just replacing that one tooth. Everything we do affects the people that we make these restorations for. But what if we could do more? And that is exactly what Holly and the Dental Lifeline Network do every day. Many of us know this program as Donated Dental Services. And already, 3,400 labs volunteer in this program. But what about those that don't? Holly and her team help the country's most vulnerable people with disabilities or who are elderly or medically fragile get the dental care that they need, and labs, we can be a part of it. Holly talks about how the program works, how labs can help, and also shares some stories from patients that will make every lab want to participate. I know, they're amazing. Super emotional. Don't cry like Barb. All right. So join us as we chat with Holly Stevenson from Dental Lifeline Network. Grow3x is a dental supply service and marketing company. It was founded by Norbert Ulmer, and their goal is to help dental labs, especially small labs, to lower their costs for supplies, to provide business opportunities, and help them generate growth. They really want to help labs as they know how difficult it can be competing with larger lab groups. One of the things that they have going on right now is their upcoming Grow3x Gem Talks. It's on November 5th in Charlotte, North Carolina. What is a Grow3x Gem Talks? Well, it's an all-day marketing symposium in a TED Talk style featuring some 10-plus lab speakers as they share their most relevant and practical marketing techniques. We will hear from 
Sasha. <laughs> we will hear from Sasha from Harvest Dental, Ann Kelser from AMK Dental Lab, Frankie Acosta from AA Dental Design, and Ricky Braswell from Beyond Coaching and former co-executive director of the NADL. A few past podcast guests are on that list. All of them will talk about real marketing as it is done in their own labs and businesses every day. Register now at Grow3x.com to take advantage of their early bird special of only $95. And if you enter the discount BFTB for Voices from the Bench, you'll receive an extra 10% discount just because you listen to this podcast. We can't wait to see you at Grow3x Gym Talks in Charlotte on November 5th. Voices from the Bench. The Interview. We'd like to welcome to the podcast Holly Stevenson from Dental Lifeline Network. Holly, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. How are you doing, Elvis? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. Barb is with us, of I'm course. I'm doing good, too. <laughs> hey, Barb. Sorry. <laughs> I'm glad you're doing well, too. <laughs> welcome. Thank you so much. Again, I'm just really pleased and thank you for allowing me to be here today. I'm excited. Absolutely. So let's talk about Dental Lifeline Network. The lab I used to be at participated in what was known as Donated Mm -hmm. Dental for, oh, we had this plaque that it dated back forever. I mean, it seemed like there was all, you know, you had each year when you participated, you got a little thing you stuck Mm -hmm. on the plaque. And the nice thing is, is I've been going to a ton of labs. I see this plaque everywhere. I'd love to hear that. (laughs) Yeah. What exactly is Dental Lifeline Network? Yeah. Let me tell you kind of a little bit of background. So our organization is called Dental Lifeline Network. Um, We were actually established in 1975. We had a different name then. I won't go into that. And we were established by a dentist named Larry Coffey, whose sister was developmentally disabled and had a really difficult time getting dental care. And it became his lifeline passion to help people with disabilities and special needs to get dental care. So he created us in 1975. And then in 1985, we created the Donated Dental Services Program, or DDS. And so that is our main program today. And so that's, you know, where you hear DDS or Donated Dental Services versus Dental Lifeline Network. If you think Dental Lifeline Network is the organization, DDS is the program. Ah. Oh, so Donated Dental is still a thing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So when I say that, I'm not misrepresenting. No, no. DDS, Donated Dental Services Program, or DDS, as we usually abbreviate it to, operates in all 50 states. So where do you operate out of? You know, our national office is in Denver, and that's where Larry Coffey started it. But we have staff that work all over the country. Um, We have what we call our coordinators, and they're kind of the linchpin of the program. So they're all over the country. But our headquarters, which is smaller, and you know, there's, I don't know, 25 of us, 30 of us are in Denver. Mm. So how exactly does the program work? Does someone that needs the dental care reach out? Yeah, so that's a good question. So if a person needs care, and so let me kind of let you know, the category of people that we help are, as I have already mentioned, people with disabilities. So that could be either physical or mental, elderly, or people that are medically compromised, they have another medical condition, like it could be cancer. Maybe they're mm. being, they have cancer treatments they're going through, but they can't 
continue those because they have an oral infection. It could be an autoimmune disease like diabetes or, or they could need a transplant. We do get referrals from transplant clinics. Because if you want to get on like a kidney transplant list, you have to have, you can't have any oral infections. Interesting. And the people can't afford our program either. So, you know, what they would do is they find us, actually, a lot of people now are finding us online. So Mm -hmm. they can fill out an online application that goes to our office. They could also, they could print out the application, fill it out and send it in or fax it in. So once we get the application, our coordinators will go through it, make sure that they qualify. So they'll do an intake to make sure that that person falls under one of those categories and can't afford the care. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of how they find us. And then do you want me to go on on how the program works? Yeah. Well, yeah. Do you place them with a dentist? Yeah. So what happens is once that we've determined that that patient is or that person is qualified for the program, then we look geographically to see if there's a dentist in that area. And we match that patient with the dentist. And so it's with the general dentist. So what we'll do is contact the general dentist. We have a database that we've created that has all of the dentists and labs and patients in it. And we'll contact that dentist or the dentist's office and saying, hey, we've got a profile of a patient. Do you want to go ahead and do a consult? And so then the dentist will do the consult you know, take a look, talk with the patient. And then the dentist decides, yeah, I want to take this patient. 99% of the time they do. Mm -hmm. There might be that 1% where the patient's in a wheelchair and the dentist's office doesn't really have the capabilities to to transfer Mm -hmm. that person. Yeah. How many dentists do you have in the program? Yeah, we have about 15,000 dentists in the program. Yowza. Yeah. Wow. The dentist, do they contact you up front and say that they would make their services available for this program or mm-hmm. is it vice versa? They contact you and you also contact them. It's both. Okay. Barb, yeah, that's a good question. So we actively ask dentists to um, join our program and they can join online. We have an online application for dentists and for labs. So generally we'll work with the dental associations. We are um, a strategic partner of the American Dental Association and we work with the majority, almost all of the state dental associations across the country as well. And then they help us promote who we are so that dentists know about us and then they can apply. Occasionally, the coordinator will find that we don't have a dentist in that area. So he or she will, you know, look for dentists in the area and call and Mm. say, hey, would you like to, you know, try the DDS program? And our ask is that a dentist takes one patient a year. Yeah. Yeah. So we're not asking for, you know, too much. So typically what will happen then is if that general dentist accepts the patient, then that dentist develops the treatment plan. So that's not something we do. It's the general dentist. And then typically our patients, you know, on average, the donated, it's comprehensive treatment. So once that patient is seen by the general dentist, it's through completion. And so it's typically about $4,000, $4,500 per patient. And that includes everything. The general dentist, most of our patients need specialists hmm. and most of them need labs as well. So do you reimburse the dentist or the dentist just basically does everything for free and then so does the lab? So the dentist does donate everything. We don't pay the dentist. Now we do for the labs, we have several dental manufacturers who donate uh, needed materials for, for implants, for dentures, for crowns or bridges. And so that helps offset those labs costs. 
Yeah. So basically, um, I've done several of these um, from my laboratory. I, I get contacted quite a lot from dentists. Okay. Of course, I always say yes. And we always comp the lab fees to them. But I was just curious as to, you know, how, how the dentist, you know, handles his end. Yeah, yeah. And thank you. Thank you for mm-hmm. helping um, with the DDS program. So what we do is, and just like with labs, with dentists, what we'll do is we'll ask the dentist. We, we try to keep paperwork very minimum, and it's online if a dentist prefers or a lab prefers that way. But it's really, you know, what was that donated treatment worth? How many hours? What were the, you know, main procedures? So we keep track of all of that in our database. They can write it off, can't they? Isn't well, it like a tax thing? Or So for materials are tax deductible, but services are not. Okay. So how many labs participate in the program? Yeah, we have about 3,400 labs. Yeah. Nice. Across the country. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, you know, we're, we understand, I mean, we understand that it's been a really difficult time for dentists and for labs. And what we're hearing from our labs that it's been really challenging with COVID. And so mm-hmm. we're just so grateful to those 3,400 labs that continue to donate their services because we know it's a really tough time right now. And you are right. The, um, a lot of the cases that we do here are, you know, large removable cases, uppers, lowers, partials. Mm-hmm. You know, they definitely, from the doctor's point of view, you know, you're talking about three, four, maybe five appointments. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it's a really great thing that a dentist, you know, would reach out and want to want to help these people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have such generous volunteers, both our dentists, our general dentist specialists and the labs. I mean, it's really, in fact, we just hit a huge milestone with donated treatment, $500 million of donated treatment um, since 1985. I know. And of that, (laughs) $33 million in donated lab. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's incredible. That's because we're such a great industry. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, I've been here now about eight years. I've had healthcare experience in different ways, but I will tell you, our volunteers are so generous. And we have boards across the country. Elvis served on our board in Indiana for several mm-hmm. years. And our board members are so generous as well and just very kind, thoughtful people. We're, yeah, I'm really fortunate to work for this organization and be in this industry. It's amazing. So when you say board members, so you guys actually have a a board of directors? We do. We have boards in many of our states. We have a national board that kind of oversees everything. And then we also, in our states, we have formal boards and informal boards. But we have, I think, now about 35 across the country, including in Indiana. And that's how I got to know Elvis, because he served on our Indiana board. Everybody knows Elvis. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) So the organization that's in Indiana, there's a a board of directors. Mm -hmm. There's a bunch of great dentists on the board. I think somebody from the local school, maybe. But then there was an actual employee who helped organize everything. Andrea. So Andrea's the coordinator. Yeah, Andrea. Yeah, She's our coordinator in Indiana. And then I actually staff the boards um, and help with all of our boards. I have another person that helps me with boards across the country as well. But Andrea is one of our many coordinators. And Andrea has been with us for many, many years. She's a great coordinator and has been, yeah, in Indiana. She lives in Indiana too, by the way. Yeah. So does every state have that system? Most of our states do. Some of the states may not have a full-time coordinator and some states have two coordinators. 
Oh, wow. Okay. So, you know, it just kind of depends on, you know, how we operate the program is based on volunteers, so our dentists and labs, and our revenue. And so we're always, we are a nonprofit, and we're always trying to raise more money so that we can provide more services. So, you know, it just depends on, and it depends on the number of dentists that we have in the state. I will say Colorado is our first state that we, being in Denver, where we were started. Yeah. And so we have two full-time coordinators. Yeah. We have about 800 dentists that volunteer just in Colorado. Wow. So you brought up a great point. You're always trying to raise money. So mm-hmm. how do you guys go about raising money? That's got to be a huge task. You know, we do have a development team. I actually also work on government relations. So we do have, you know, almost 20 states that give us state funding. Indiana is one of those states. We, it's interesting, though, Indiana's portion has stayed the same for 15 or 20 years, so we're trying to increase that. We don't make any changes here. <laughs> <laughs> but it depends on, you know, we work very closely with the dental associations who have been great supporters of ours, and they help advocate. And then we work really closely with the department agencies. So that's on the state funding. And then on the private grants, um, we have a development team that you know, submits proposals and um, is, we have two grant writers that work on this. So it's a big undertaking, but, you know, we do that for almost every single state that we operate in. Wow. Yeah, it's a constant raising funds. Absolutely. So if the lab's donating Mm -hmm. um, the products and the dentist Mm -hmm. is donating the time, what would you need funds for? Like That's a great question, Barb. Yeah. So we really try to be as efficient as we can, but we have to pay for our coordinators. Yeah. And we have to pay for, you know, kind of all of my time. You know, so I work on with our boards, our government relations, our development team. You know, we have an HR person and we have a, you know, all of that. So it's kind of like all we really try to keep it pretty minimum. But basically, we need that funds not only to support our coordinator, to support the program and just to support our infrastructure as well. And yeah, that makes that makes absolute sense, which is why I asked that, because Elvis and I have sat on many boards and I understand that that's a necessity. That's exactly what you have to do to have a program like this. So thank you for your answer. Yeah, absolutely. And and just so you know, so donated treatment to how much we actually spend is typically eight to ten dollars. So for every dollar we spend, it's usually eight to ten dollars in donated treatment. Awesome. COVID has changed it a little bit just because things have been kind of swirling the last, you know, year or so. But that's typically what, you know, kind of the return is. Awesome. Do you provide transportation for the patients? We don't provide transportation. That's a good question. So what our coordinator, our coordinators are great. And what they really do is they try to ask, not only screening the patients, but really learning about that patient. And so they'll ask questions you know, do you have transportation? What is your transportation? Do you have a caregiver that can take you to your appointment? Is there a bus line? And so, so he or she is going to ask all of those kinds of questions and really tries to find a dentist who is geographically close so that it, it minimizes the amount of transportation. Yeah. Major props to the coordinators because they used to contact me and ask if we would do a case and donate it, and of course we would agree. And then a couple months later, <laughs> the case would show up, and I'd be like, "I don't remember agreeing to this. What is this?" <laughs> and then I'd have to ask, and then she's like, "Well, here's the email." And I'm like, "Oh yeah, 
That's right. <laughs> I'm sure it happens all the time. <laughs> Our coordinators are great. Yeah. And so that's why I earlier I said they're kind of the linchpin because they're the ones that they they also coach those patients to make sure that the patients show up on time, that they're not canceling appointments and that they're respectful that this is yeah. given out of the goodness of dentist hearts and labs hearts. It's not that they're getting anything in return. And so to really be grateful and thankful. So what we hear from our dentists that some that our DDS patients, most of them are some of the best patients they have, that they're compliant mm-hmm. with their treatment plans and that they're respectful and grateful. And grateful. Yeah. So can you kind of give me um, a little bit, I think you did a little bit, but like, how do you get this information out to the general public that you have this program at the, do you market or, I mean, I know you said they find you online, but how do they even figure out you exist? How do you mm-hmm. promote yourself? Yeah, that's a, that's another good question. You know, what we do is we work really closely with referral agencies. So whether that's social workers I mentioned transplants, so certainly transplant teams learn about us. We also work with the elderly community, so there's aging commissions. And we're starting to, one of the great needs that we found are with veterans. And so we're starting to work, you know, with different veteran communities and organizations to refer veterans to our program. That's amazing. Yeah, so it's really kind of, a lot of it's word of mouth, though. So we don't generally promote it because typically we have so many people, Indiana, for example, we have a a wait list. So it depends. There's a few states that we have some capacity. And then what we'll do is we've done some Facebook posts to let people know that we're accepting patients in certain areas. So it's kind of, yeah, that's a good question, but they, patients certainly find us. I will say that, but a lot of it is the relationships that we have with social workers and with different referring agencies that refer patients. And we also are on a lot of the Dental Association websites. So if the public were to go to the Dental Association looking for charity work, they could find DDS on many of the Dental Association webpages as well. Okay. What sort of backlog are patients? Is there a long wait to get treatment started? It depends. It depends on the state, you know, again, going back Mm -hmm. to resources. So wait time in states where we don't have a lot of backlog, it could be, you know, just a couple months where we have a backlog. It could be a year, year and a half Hmm. or longer. And what we do is if it looks like that backlog is going to be too long, then we stop accepting applications except for the medically compromised that I mentioned, someone going through a cancer treatment or like that, or veterans. In most states, we're also prioritizing veterans too. Nice. What's the most typical restoration that you're seeing? Full dentures? Oh, we we do get a lot of full dentures. That's what I remember doing a lot Yeah, we do a lot of dentures. It's interesting. Some labs don't do dentures, right? So that becomes Mm -hmm. a challenge. Crown and bridge, we are really limiting how many implants just because it just is so expensive with implants and our patients, we really want to try to treat as many patients as we can. And implants sure. just tend to have lots of associated issues with that. So, yeah, that's why I was saying, you know, there's a lot of different sometimes, uh, yeah, as you said, dentures, full dentures, where we can save teeth. We will, you know, the dentist will try to save teeth. It just, every case is a little different. And many of our patients haven't seen a dentist in years. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes the treatment plans can be, you know, six months, nine months. During COVID, those treatment plans have extended out just because dentists are so busy 
and labs are so busy that it's extended it out sometimes to 12 months, six, six months to 12 months. Wow. Well, I'm sure many patients didn't see help during the pandemic. And then after or now, <laughs> everyone's so busy, mm-hmm. it's hard to get them in. Absolutely. I'd imagine Dennis would have to find the time to see them. And that's exactly right. I will say, though, that's really interesting because what typically will happen is DDS patients will be just scheduled in with the regular caseload. And so mm-hmm. sometimes dentists won't even know when they're treating a DDS patient. Oh, I um, see. Yeah. But, you know, they also, the office managers will look because they need so many paying customers and then they'll schedule in a DDS patient. Mm. Yeah. So, Barb, when you got that work in at night, did you let the technicians know? Or was it just part of the regular work? Uh, it was part of the regular work, but I usually, you know, hand pick them and give them to my technicians and make sure that they understand the story behind it. And we always get a thank you card from you guys, too. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah. Handwritten thank you card. You know, thank you so much. You know, you really touched this life. And it, it is gratifying, you know, because you don't really do a lot of those things to give back. And so when that happens, it's, it's super special. You guys do a really nice job. And they always call you before and make sure that, you know, you understand as a laboratory what the treatment plan is, exactly the phases. And you, usually, you know, it's a, it's a denture or it's, a, it's crown and bridge. And so, you know, you're understanding also that you're making a contribution and are you okay with that? Cause this is a pretty complex case. You know, it's going to be a certain amount of lab fees, but it, you know, it's, it's always just really handled very professionally and I really enjoy it. Oh, thank you. That That's always good to hear. <laughs> yeah. We try, we try to do our best yeah. and, um, yeah. And Barb, where are you located? Uh, Tampa, Florida. Oh, okay. So you work with Megan then? Yeah. We're night dental. So yeah, I think so. Yes, exactly. Okay. Oh, good. Well, yeah, Florida, we have a, a lot of generous dentists. We have a great board in Florida. And Barb, we're always looking for labs to join our board. So maybe we should talk offline about that. I was going to ask you about that. What's a board meeting look like for you guys? I'm curious. <laughs> yeah, you know, and uh, it's only about three or four times a year by Zoom, especially in Florida, nice. because it's so geographically broad. And, you know, it's about an hour and we really talk about we're really transparent with funding where we need volunteers and and all the rest so we should talk offline yeah i would love to have you join our board there um dr mike ignantz is our president and dr caesar sabatis who is the new ada president was our president he still serves on the board but he was one of our founders in florida as a matter of fact wow the current ada president was one of the founders in florida oh in florida of the florida program Yeah, Yeah. his name is um, Cesar Zapatas, and he's just a wonderful guy, very passionate about what we do. So he's, I think, the incoming president, which is, right, the ADA is meeting in October, so um, he'll be president in October. Um, Very cool. Barb loves board meetings. (laughs) We do try to keep them a minimum, though. (laughs) Yeah, yep. And speaking of, I wanted to do a shout out to Bennett, Bennett Napier. Yes. He has been such a great supporter. He serves on a national board committee and is just a wonderful guy. He's just been so supportive, as has NADL. Yeah. Uh, NADL has been a critical partner for Dental Lifeline Network for years and years. So I want to shout out to both, you know, NADL as well as Bennett because they are just wonderful. And associations like that, like Bennett's, like how how do they, you know, do they help promote you as well? Like you said, on their website and things like that, having somebody of that talent, I would think would go a long way in, in getting out your message. 
Mm -hmm, Absolutely. So with NADL, they almost always in their news article or it's not a news article. It's a news publication. JDT, yeah. Yeah, they include a story of, about DDS or the DDS program and Dental Lifeline Network. Nice. And actually, it was Bennett that um, connected um, Elvis and I for this podcast yeah. today. Yeah. <laughs> we, have, we have no one but him to blame. Just kidding. <laughs> so how does a lab get involved? Mm-hmm. Let's say someone's listening to this podcast mm-hmm. and they're like, you know what? I want to, I want to help. Yeah, absolutely. What, what do they do? How easy is it? How hard is it? It's very easy. So labs can decide which and how many cases to accept. The choice is theirs. The DES coordinator will always contact the lab ahead of time to get prior approval for each case. Yeah. So we're not going to send a case unless it's approved by the lab. We may save emails, <laughs> right, Elvis, to make mm-hmm. sure that we know that you, it's confirmed. <laughs> I, t- I can't. A lot happens in a day, Absolutely. in a week, in a month. And and sadly, there are times I had to say no yeah. because the work was just insane in the lab at the time. I, I didn't want to, but we had to. And that happens. And that's why yeah. we respect the labs. We know that, you know, it, it's not always possible. And so, you know, fortunately, we have a lot of labs, 3,400 labs, so then we may have to go to another lab. But we certainly, and that's why, you know, it's all volunteer. So if, if a lab can't do it at that time, we understand that. And I think it's important that labs know it. it's okay to say no mm-hmm. if, if you can't. It happens. It does. It does. And we are yeah. very respectful and we understand So if that lab does accept that case, then the dental office will send the case and mark it, you know, DDS or donated case. Mm -hmm. If there are any issues or concerns with a patient or the dentist's office, the coordinator is the one that's responsible for really ensuring that that volunteer experience goes smoothly. So that coordinator, again, will work with the lab, will work with the dentist to make sure that it's just a really smooth process. Um, So everyone listening to this knows patients are provided guidelines that really outline the program expectations to ensure it's a good process, not only for the patients, but for the dentists and the labs, because we want to make sure that it's a really good experience for everyone involved. Mm -hmm. And just to know, the goal of the program is to return the patients to really good oral health and Mm -hmm. really allowing them to reach an affordable maintenance level. We don't expect volunteers to donate ongoing dental maintenance to patients. As I said earlier, this is really comprehensive. And so once that patient is complete, we're not asking our volunteers to continue with that maintenance after that. Some of our dentists choose to continue with that ongoing treatment, and that's their choice. We will also refer our patients to FQHCs and and others that might be able to be more affordable. But some of our dentists will do a discount plan, too. Yeah, to keep them coming back. Mm -hmm, with, With them coming back. So we really just try to make it a very smooth process. And, you know, as Elvis, as you um, said earlier, working with Adrian and and actually Barb, too, working with Megan, too, it, hopefully it just makes it a really easy process. Big time, I can assure you it does. <laughs> it's super easy. And what was nice is, I mean, we got to work with Dennis we didn't work with before. And, you know, you know not that we're trying to sell the lab, but... 
you know, next thing you know, a dentist that's never used your lab before is using you because of this donated service. You might get a new client out of it. And that happens a lot. We hear that a lot. I'll say that uh, in Pennsylvania, our chair there hadn't used this one lab and this lab, Deluxe. I will do a shout out to Deluxe in Pennsylvania. They are amazing. Joe there is just amazing. But Dr. Dishler started using Deluxe and realized what a great lab they were and, you know, started sending work to that lab. Mm. So, and that happens all the time. Yeah, I can think of at least once that it happened with us. So did all of the laboratories that you're working with contact you or do you guys ever go out and try to find new laboratories in different regions? We're always looking for more labs. Yeah. So sometimes labs will contact us. Sometimes what'll happen, just kind of like what we're talking about through the process, I'll use Adrian. So Adrian has a dentist. That dentist says, you know, I usually use ABC lab. And so what Adrian would first look to see if they're one of our labs And if not, then she would contact ABC Lab and say, hey, Dr. Jones is working with the DDS program and suggested I contact you to see if you would be willing to participate in this program. Hmm. And so that's many times how we get more labs is just from, you know, the general dentist uses ABC Lab. And so we contact them. And we're always looking for other labs as well through NADL. We always ask, you know, in those articles I mentioned earlier, that, you know, an ask for a new lab to join us and at least to try it. You know, when we had live meetings, (laughs) uh, many (laughs) of us would go to those live meetings and, and talk to labs. And there were times we would recruit labs there saying, hey, would you at least try it and see if it works for you? Hmm. And that's what we always ask, you know, not only dentists, but labs too, to to try a case and see if it works. And then you choose if you want to take one case a year or one case a month. It really is up to the lab. It's no commitment on the lab side. I mean, it's not like you're obligated or anything. No, not at all. Mm -mm. Are there areas in the country that you're struggling more with? Fighting labs? Um, that's a really good question. We're always looking for labs. Actually, in the South right now, in South Carolina, as well as in Georgia, we need more labs. Interesting. Yeah. I'm trying to think of who I know. I'll hit them up. Okay. All right. Great. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. And like we said, he knows everyone. <laughs> oh, and Kentucky, too. That was the other state. Really? I know some in Kentucky. We'll get them on board. And in Kentucky, we're seeing a lot of dentures, patients that need dentures. And sometimes the labs that we've been finding there haven't been as willing to do dentures as much as Crown and Bridge. So, yeah, any help would be great. (laughs) Sure. And what I remember a lot with the program is, you know, when you make a denture other than your labor, your highest expense is denture teeth. Mm -hmm. And that was all covered. Mm -hmm. There was a simple form. You just filled out what you used. You mailed it in and... Eventually, you got a, that exact set right back in. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it was done through Densupply, I believe. Yeah, we have a couple different. So it's Densupply and then Invaclar, uh, Vivadent. Ivaclar. Vivaclar. Thank you. Um, we'll <laughs> <laughs> we'll um, provide the teeth. Yeah. Sweet. What other manufacturers do you work with or, or vendors? Yeah, we work with, we use, they donate. Uh, Keystone yep. Dental, Shatkin First, Strawman, Zest Anchors, Zimmer, Biomet. Wow. And Densply will also help with other, will provide Zircon, Zirconia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And then Vivadent donates metals like the um, Zurich Blocks wow. and Ignatz. Cool. 
So yeah, yeah our, the manufacturers have also been very generous. That's very cool. And, and you're always, of course, always looking for manufacturers to help out and donate. Is there a place they can go to get on board? Yeah, absolutely. They can email me or they can yeah. go to our website. Our website is just Dental Lifeline Network. So that's an easy way to do it. My email address is just H Stevenson, my last name Stevenson, S-T-E-V-E-N-S-O-N at Dental Lifeline org. Nice. The more that participate, the better this can be and the more we can reach. Yeah, absolutely. The more, yeah, more people we can help. And that's what we're all about is really helping as many people as we can. I've always enjoyed when the case was coming in, we'd get a bio sheet mm-hmm. that kind of talked about the patient. Yep. Mm-hmm. It tugged on the strings of the heart, yep. you know, it kind of laid out what they're going through, what situation they're in, and it really made it real. And I know some of the technicians enjoyed looking at it, too, when they worked on the case. Yeah, I agree. We we do that profile just so you get a better picture of who you're helping And then we also provide those stories. We get releases from the patient and the dentist too. Mm -hmm. But if you're interested in a couple stories, I can tell you. uh, Yes, please. Yeah. So let me start with one that I think really touched a lot of our hearts. This is a lady. Her name's Florence. Um, She's 54 and she lives in St. Louis. And she's had breast cancer and a mastectomy and underwent chemo. The chemo impacted both her bone and her dental health. So she developed severe osteoporosis and her teeth actually began breaking and falling out. Um, But she couldn't begin the treatment to improve her bone density, the meds that they wanted to put her on, until her dental problems were resolved. And she had been um, formerly employed in the banking industry, but because of her health, she had to stop working. So she lives in subsidized housing and receives food stamps and a small social security disability benefit. So she really couldn't afford to pay for her dental health. So thankfully, we had a team of generous volunteers, DDS volunteers, we had an oral surgeon, uh, a general dentist, and two, actually two labs, who really helped her and changed her life. So I'm going to read this, and you can edit this or <laughs> if it's too long. <laughs> but here's what she said. She said, Dental Lifeline is a lifesaver program, and they gave me my smile back. Losing my teeth after chemo was very hard for me. Depression sent in, and I didn't want to be seen. My spirit and smile had left me. Getting my teeth fixed opened so many doors mentally and physically to get me back to the person I was. After all my dental work has been done, I'm so motivated to do more and come back to life. I thank God daily for the dentist staff, the staff at Dental Lifeline, and the lab that made my teeth. I cried and continued to cry, looking in the mirror at my smile that has been returned to me. Thank you so much for your help. I love that she knew about the lab. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, we, you know, when the coordinators talk to our patients, we really talk about that it's, you know, dentists and it's labs that do this for you. Yeah, because most patients don't know about us. Yeah, so it really is. I mean, that's one of many stories. I brought other stories of, you know, we have a lot of veterans, like as I was mentioning, that help, um, that have been Mm. helped as well through the program. Wow. So you get oral surgeons involved then. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we do. So are they contacted through the GP or... No. So what happens? So we have oral surgeons, periodontists, endodontists, 
um, and I'm sure I'm forgetting some other specialists, sure. but what we do is we, we try to recruit through the associations and the dental associations, the specialty associations, as well as the dental associations, but then also kind of how general dentists work, um, with labs, you know, they like to work with certain labs mm-hmm. that happens with specialists as well. So oh, for sure, a general yeah. dentist likes to work with a certain oral surgeon. And so what we'll do is that general dentist said, hey, this patient's going to need, you know, X amount of extraction, so we need an oral surgeon. So we'll look. So, you know, maybe Dr. Jones will say, you know what, I'd like to use Dr. Smith as an oral surgeon. So we'll look to see if Dr. Smith's in the database. And if not, Mm -hmm. same thing, the DDS coordinator will call Dr., you know, the doctor's office and say, hey, you know, Dr. Jones is um, working on this DDS patient and has specifically asked for you, would you donate this care? Mm Mm-hmm. And then a lot of times they'll say yes. You know, they work with that dentist, and sure, they'll they'll donate that case. Yeah, the cycle continues. Mm-hmm, exactly. And so <laughs> once great. they're in the database, we'll call back and say, "Hey, remember you helped hey, with that case? Got another you, one. Yeah, exactly, exactly." <laughs> and there again, they're free to say, "You know what? I'm too busy right now. Call me in six months." Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever really struggle to place the patient in to find the lab, or is it? all pretty smooth and and running well? Um, You know, we do struggle at times when we can't find a lab. And sometimes what will happen is there's not, you know, maybe some of the smaller states don't have as many labs. Yeah. Montana, they don't have as many labs. Sure. And so sometimes, you know, because there's only a few labs in that particular state, that lab may help most of the dentists. In that state. Mm -hmm. And so at some point, you know, they'll have to say, hey, I can't donate. And so then we'll go to another lab. You know, we have labs, like, as I mentioned in Deluxe earlier, that never say no. And so we have to be really careful that we're not taking advantage of them. But yeah, so sometimes it is a struggle to find, you know, an oral surgeon in certain areas. um, We've had a shortage on oral surgeons. And sometimes it's just there are no oral surgeons in that particular geographic area. But sometimes it's just hard to find the oral surgeons. And sometimes it's hard to find the labs that can donate at that time. And so we just keep trying. Yeah, I mean, obviously you have to find a dentist local to the patient. But do you always try to find a lab that's local? That's first what we do, because okay, typically yeah. the, the dentist will work with a local lab. But yeah. if we're not successful, we do utilize labs outside of that state. Occasionally. Sure. Yeah, you're going to have to at some point. Mm-hmm. We do. We do. That's amazing. We do a lot of mail order UPS, FedEx. And so, you know, we would provide a label, fax the dentist the label, and then they could ship it to and fro. So I think that's, you know, that's that's a pretty easy situation to fix on the lab side if, if they aren't in state. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. So we do, you know, and that happens, but you know, what our goal is, is to, or would be to use the labs within that state, but sometimes that's not possible. So, yeah. So give us another story of a patient. Let's see if we can uh, okay. All pull right. these heartstrings of these listeners. <laughs> we okay. want every, we want yeah. every lab to participate in this program. <laughs> that's what we we're do trying too. to say. Thank you. Thank you. All right, so here's another story. Stephen is 67, a Navy veteran. He lives in Bismarck, North Dakota, and he um, suffers from COPD, pulmonary embolism, and hadn't been to a dentist in many, many years. He was missing teeth, and many were broken off at the gum line. Mm. He desperately wanted to eat normal food again, but he couldn't because of um, his dental condition. 
and he couldn't afford the dental treatment. He's not able to work any longer. He survives on food stamps, a social security benefit, and a really small military pension. Because his dental problems weren't service-related, he was unable to qualify for dental treatment from the VA. So he really didn't have many options, but fortunately, he found the DDS program, and a team of DDS volunteers were able to help. So an oral surgeon, general dentist, and a lab. And he received thousands of dollars in donated treatment that restored his dental health and really allowed him to eat a healthy diet again. Mm. I love that. Yeah. So here's another, I'll give you another veteran. And then I, we actually, here's a lady who's not a veteran, but she is 40, lives with her teenage daughter in Chicago. Uh-huh. She suffered from type 1 diabetes since she was a child and is insulin dependent. Her diabetes most recently became very unstable, and she was also diagnosed with bipolar disorder. And she hadn't been to a dentist because she couldn't afford dentists for many, many years. She was formerly a waitress, but she's not able to work any longer. So she lives in subsidized housing and survives on a small social security disability benefit and receives food stamps. So again, a generous team of volunteer dentists and labs came to her aid, came to Connie's aid, And thanks to this incredible team, again, she received thousands of dollars of donated treatment. We didn't have a quote from Connie, but the general dentist said, I love what DDS is doing to enhance the patient's dental health and overall well-being. Connie has come a long way and is very appreciative. Aww. You guys should do, uh, do you guys do before and after photos? We do sometimes. We do have some of those, yeah. And it's pretty amazing. Um, Sometimes you can't even recognize the people after their treatment. Oh, I know. And you and you can see a flicker of light in their eyes on the after oh, every absolutely. time. And you can literally see the happiness and the gratefulness and, and, and in the befores you can see the sadness. And so I just I really love before and afters because what we do is definitely life changing. <laughs> oh absolutely. You know, I think that people forget about that. How much, you know, the fact that you need your teeth to eat a healthy diet. Yep to smile. You know, you think about when you smile, how that changes your whole face and how people respond to you when you smile. And if you're too embarrassed to smile, what that does to your overall well-being. Yeah, because you can definitely see it. I mean, it it does more than just change your smile. It changes emotions. It changes Mm -hmm. your self-confidence. You know, people Mm -hmm. can go out and interact with people again. It's really remarkable. I work with um, the AACD and they have a give back a smile program also and uh-huh. for um, domestic violence and, you know, young ladies or, or women who have been mm-hmm. lost their teeth because of abuse. And there's just so many stories out there of things that we've done to change these people. I just love it. It's remarkable. It's super emotional. Love it. It is. I love it too. And you know, when we'll share these stories, when we do reports, we include the stories. And so recently we've been, I've been doing a lot of reports. And so I've seen these stories and it's just, you know, it really makes what we all do here, what you do through DDS, what we do, it really changes lives. And it's not just a saying, it's, it's really fact that we're changing people's lives. So, okay, here's one more. Willie is 65. He's an Army veteran. He lives in Rockdale County. He suffers from Parkinson's disease, post-traumatic stress order, and epilepsy. He hadn't seen a dentist in 20 years, and his dental health had deteriorated. He was missing teeth, and others were starting to decay. But again, he couldn't afford the treatment that he needed. He was formerly a maintenance supervisor for many years, but he can't work any longer because of his health. So he relies on a Social Security benefit and a small pension. 
and he really just couldn't afford the dental care that he needed. So fortunately, a general dentist in a laboratory helped. And these caring volunteers, he received about $3,000 in donated treatment. And it just restored his dental health and gave him a new reason to smile. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's more than just improving the smile, which is mm-hmm. important. Mm-hmm. But hearing these stories about them being able to eat better, mm-hmm. I mean, that just improves overall health. You're able to eat a fresh, raw vegetable. You know? Absolutely. Or a steak. Absolutely. Or a meat, steak. You know? Right. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Meat and apple. Uh, you know? You yeah. Think, or, yeah, a salad where you have crunchy lettuce. You know, all the things that we take for granted that we're eating, they're able to eat. And I didn't bring any stories, but I will tell you there are stories of people that have been waiting to be on a transplant list that haven't been able to get on a transplant list, that they're on dialysis. And after going through the DDS program, they were able to get kidney transplants. Huh. So you have to have good teeth before you can oh, get yeah. a transplant. That's something yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh. if you Because what happens, you know, talk about those stories that we've just talked about. If you have an oral infection, you can't go through a transplant. So, for instance, if somebody is on Medicare and they have Medicare insurance, they could have a knee transplant, say they're having problems, or a hip transplant. Mm-hmm. But if they have an oral infection, they can't go through it because that will impact that transplant in the surgery. And so, oh, okay. Yeah, I get you. Yeah. And so what's happening with the elderly is they may be on Medicare, but unless they get supplemental insurance for dental, they probably don't have dental insurance. And so we're seeing a lot more elderly cases because they don't have the dental insurance, a supplemental. So they only have Medicare. And then they can't utilize the other insurance to get what they need. Right, exactly. Jeez. Well, you guys are doing a good thing. (laughs) Well, and we couldn't do it, though, without you, without the labs and without the dentists. I mean, we all work so closely together. And again, you know, I've said this before, but we are so appreciative of our generous volunteers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, $500 million. You know, that's, that's huge. That's huge. It's half a billion dollars in donated treatment. So it's huge. And if there's any lab out there listening that's not a part of this program, shame on you. Sign up. Do one case. Just go to, they can email me. I gave you my email address. They yep. can go to our website, dentallifelinenetwork.org or willyouseone.org. Oh, nice. Willyouseone.org and they can go in and learn a little bit more, fill out the application, and join us. They'll get a welcome packet that says, thank you, and here's kind of kind of what I had talked about. You know, here's what the lab should expect. And we also provide what the kind of the patient guidelines um, so that labs know what the guidelines are for patients. And then we'll refer a case. Yeah, just to simplify it for labs, it's the occasional one more case through your lab. And it will give you the feel-goods at the end. It's totally worth it. I highly recommend all labs to participate in this. Me too. Well, thank you. We hope they all take you up on it because (laughs) we can use them. (laughs) If they don't, we will hunt them down. (laughs) Well, thank you. Well, Holly, thank you so much for coming on the program, talking about this, which I'm still only going to refer to as Donated Dental. Thank you so much. It's great to see what you're doing, what the organization's doing, and how it's treated everyone so well. Well, you are so welcome. It has been a pleasure. Barb, nice to meet you. Elvis, nice to reconnect. But thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to talk about the Donated Dental Service 
program and Dental Lifeline Network. Thank you. Thanks, Holly. Absolutely. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Okay. All right. Have a great Thank day. You. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Whitmix is super excited to announce the new Pro 4K large format 3D printer from Asiga. The open material printer for 385NM and 405NM resins features renowned Asiga reliability and super fast print mode for large batch printing of virtually all print resins. It's ideal for printing any kind of model, dentures, splints, surgical guides, impression trays, and more. As with other Asiga printers, the Pro 4K features the SPS, Smart Positioning System Technology, which ensures that the build platform is in the correct position when forming each layer, providing repeatable accuracy and production continuity. The Asiga Pro 4K DL printer is priced at under 25 grand has a large build plate and is available in both versions. For more information about the Asiga Pro 4K, visit Whitmix.com. We appreciate your support of the podcast, Whitmix. Thank you so much, Holly, for coming on our podcast. Firsthand, I can tell you how much satisfaction that our lab gets out of helping these people. We encourage every lab to sign up. You don't have to do so many that it hurts your regular workflow. But if every lab could do a few a year or more, just think of the difference that we could make in the world. So head over to DentalLifeline.org, take a look at the program, and sign your lab up. You can also find the link on this episode's show notes. But if you really want to be a rock star, talk to your dentist that you have a great relationship with and encourage them to sign up as well. We already love what we do, so let's do it for a good cause. Awesome. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. That's all we got for you. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Happy birthday, Barbara. Happy birthday, Barbara. And it cracked in four fucking pieces.